Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In this week's episode, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is pleased to support Black Rock Coalition. Black Rock Coalition represents a united front of musically and politically progressive black artists and supporters. Their objectives include performance outlets, recording opportunities, and resource development for black artists, and that's just a taste of what they do on national and local levels. We're donating 10% of July Mastis revenue to Black Rock Coalition, and we encourage you to check them out at blackrockcoalition.org. If you would like to participate in our sponsorship of music-related organizations, both by donating and by helping us find groups to sponsor, you can become a Mastass patron at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Oh, gotta love those funky, funky horns. Welcome to episode 194 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, the only podcast on the internet where Mark references at now three-year-old jokes where he used to say things like Mark and Sarah Talk About Sarongs. I am your co-host. I am your co-host, Mark Those were the days. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and that dulcet-voiced lady that you hear is my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Uh, neither of those things is true, but I thank you for saying them. Hello. <laughs> so, Sarah, uh, you have chosen today's song, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Um, I think it's pretty hilarious that we're both in, like, 1953 newsreel voice mode today. Um, we'll see how we can... <laughs> We'll see how we could tie that into the Brooklyn Dodgers of Flatbush. <laughs> what do you think um, about these kids and their singing? Uh, today, in episode 194, we are talking about a song from an album that came out in 1994. It's a total coincidence, by the way. Did not guide my decision-making at all. But I realized recently that I, in terms of like volume of concert going, I have been to the most shows, I think, by Amy Mann, and luna um we were so like braided into luna in my friend group 20 25 years ago that like we hung out with them after shows friends of mine really hung out with them after shows if you know what i mean happy birthday one time that is on my cv believe it um it was wonderful uh so i thought that since it is like Uh, you know, it's graduation time and everyone's having to do these sort of um, makeshift, socially distanced celebrations of uh, time, senior year, that is supposed to be like happy and full of promise, that I would go back and listen to or have us listen to a track from this album that um, really permeated my senior year and beyond. This was an album that I loved from the very first notes of it. Um, But we've never talked about it. And I actually have no idea, Mark, how much you are into Luna, if you care about them at all, if you find them derivative of a band that wasn't that great to begin with. So (laughs) this is going to be an interesting discussion for me, and also a very nostalgic discussion for a time that um, 
actually was not all that happy and full of promise for me. It was more like um, stark terror. On that note, <laughs> let's hear a clip <laughs> from Luna's This Time Around. So yeah, that's that's right there in the lyrics. But this is pretty typical of Luna in that this is a poppy, appealing, fun sing-along. It's interesting, when you go to enough Luna shows, this song gets a huge reaction, like the opening chords, people, it, it's not even like happiness, it's like relief. Everyone knows all the words to this song. Uh, and it's just an it's just an interesting like artifact of going to Luna shows like that was the last live show I went to. They queued this up and the crowd went fucking bonkers. It's like you wouldn't necessarily predict that. Um, so you you saw them live in 2020? Uh, no, I think it was 2019. Still, you've been writing with Luna for a quarter century. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how you first came across their music? I I don't exactly. It was just this thing that was always there. Like they, um, our Eaton Club at Princeton, Barf, sorry, um, was <laughs> pretty well known for getting like actual real bands to play. And Luna was always like pretty loyal about coming back and playing Campus Club. Um, I think the Feelies also played campus and social distortion maybe um friend of the show john ramos can correct me on this because he has a much better memory than i um and i hope he will do so but i i feel like i got into them with their first album which was luna park and that's less um like pleasant to listen to orally than this one but i was struck by this whole album being Mostly like very pleasant um, at, in terms of the musical narrative, and then this like kind of a candy coating on lyrics of uh, alienation, anxiety, pessimism. Um, so it's kind of an interesting time in human history, and also for people on the verge of going to a new phase of their lives, right. which I was at that time. But there's also, you know, there's also so much personal history for me with Luna just like standing around in like rock clubs where the fucking AC wasn't working with one beer to my lips and one down the back of my pants so that I wouldn't pass out from heat stroke. And like they've just always been in my ears and a part of my life. And then their ties to 
um, and homages to the Velvet Underground, which I sort of accidentally know a lot about because I'm kind of obsessed with the life of Andy Warhol. So yeah, there's always there's always a lot with Luna, but then sometimes it's just it's just a fun listen. Like California All the Way is a pretty like bleak, mean song that is so much fun to sing along to. So uh, Luna is like practically it's like a Dutch cousin to me this band. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to get your take on it, Mark, because I think I feel like we've never talked about it and I have no idea how you would come to this and what you what you would think about it. So I am fascinated that the Luna is playing shows in 2019 because until you suggested this, I had never even heard of them. <laughs> like, really? N- not only do I not know their songs, I, what I had the name Luna when you suggested that I was like, is this a, I thought it was a female solo Some singer. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Luna. And then I was like, fuck from the mid, they're an alternative rock band from the mid nineties. Like, whoa, they just never, ever reached my ears until this episode. And so this is the only Luna song I've ever heard. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, I hope I chose sort of wisely. I think that it's really cool, though, that I am now discovering... A, a, well, you know, it's not unlike The Stills, a band I had also never heard of. And uh, now I'm really, really into the song Changes Are No Good, as we <laughs> talked about. Oh, God, it's a banger. If I did so, nothing else for you, I will take that W and wear it with Brad. I think that with Luna, we might be in a place in reverse of where we were with Nelly Furtado. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. Where I don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. When I listen, I listened to this song like four times. And then I just found myself going back and listening to the to Changes Are No Good a couple of times. <laughs> Fair. And I, for me, this song is perfectly pleasant, but there's nothing in it that grabs me. And it, after, upon multiple listens and even hearing the clip again, I've realized that I want this to be more of an R.E.M. song or a Lucinda Williams song. Meaning, uh-huh. yeah, it has the R.E.M. feeling of like there are sort of uh, obtuse lyrics and uh, a very sort of country rock musicality but without michael stipe's really interesting voice or any of the surprising instruments that you find in an out of time for instance or with lucinda williams again country rock definitely feeling the but but she's got lyrics that are sort of so jagged in their ability to pierce your soul that you're like fuck you only needed four syllables to like break my heart open and her voice is full of very specific yearning yeah that's I was going to say like, well, I'm wondering what I was preparing to like talk through with you. Like, well, what separates like a, you know, very guitar forward indie rock sound or um, experience like that still song from this. And I am wondering, I'm just talking out my ass, ass here, but sometimes Luna can, as my grandma used to say, like, don't make yourself so hard to know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And what she meant was don't make yourself so hard to like understand and be close to. But, d- you know, the other meaning of that is like, don't, don't be such a dick. <laughs> right. She would also tell me not to be so high strung. Like that was something that I wanted to be. Anyway, <laughs> love you, grandma. Um, 
totally lost my train of thought. Oh, right. Here we are. So Luna often, like when I was talking before about the, um, you know, this poppy, sunny sound paired with lyrics of alienation, like I, I think that they leave a lot of room, Luna, to project whatever you need to onto them and some interpretations of them. Luna themselves might be like, don't, don't overthink it. Right. But there is an ironic distance in all of Luna pretty much that I think is not as, I mean, I think it's not appealing to you. And I think you are like, you're not spoken to by it. Like I'm not particularly either, but I think I have a sort of higher tolerance for the reluctance to engage fully emotionally with some songs than you do. I think that's exactly right. Because really thinking again about changes are no good. That is a song where the lyrics are grandiose and camp in a way that I really respond to. So you get that sense of alienation and that sense of Gen X weariness, but you also get the image of a Walkman shattering on the ground and that being related to my heart and that kind of um, gesture. It's still ironic and sort of self-deprecating, but it's also much more present to its own pain. Yes, and if you're going to be ironic, I as an as an, a listener want you to also have a a grandiloquence. Uh, that's not the word I mean. I, I want there to be something slightly over the top, and right. the lyrics of "Changes Are No Good" are over the top in a way that I can relate to. Like the 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 creation of outsized emotion as a shield against true connection. Get it? I'm with you. That makes sense to me. This sort of more um, obscure and quiet and too cool for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's none of the sort of, um, there's none of the, the, the outsizedness that I need to connect to a song with this point of view. And this song, again, it's not like it's bad. It's just not a song that I could ever quite find a way into. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, I would be really interested one of these days we should do some episode where it's like um it like set up sort of like the newlywed game but like we each pick <laughs> a whole bunch of songs for the other one and guess whether they'll like it because i think <laughs> there is like i think that way you described um the shield against true connection like i mean i, I sort of in my life do that too but it comes from a much like it comes from the opposite like the Luna direction of being like, it's fine. Who cares? Don't look directly at me. I never cry in front of people. Fuck off. So that's, it it would track that. I would be like, yeah, I understand what's, I understand what's occurring here. Whereas you would find it again. It's not unappealing exactly that you're just sort of like, this isn't, this isn't for me. This isn't my like love language kind of right. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. But I do love knowing that this is a band that you've been connected to for such a long time. And I find that really lovely because, you know, being able to find um, an artist whose work you can connect to for that long is no small thing. Well, I mean, it also like it, 
I pack in the emotion for it at this point because it like brings me sensorily back to a specific dorm room and the way it smelled. Right. And which was like F. Scott Fitzgerald left a wet bathing suit behind the radiator. Not for nothing. Gross. <laughs> Pine Hall. Do a better job of cleaning between semesters. Um, but yeah, I think it's really amazing that in episode 194 of this podcast, we are talking about a song by an artist that I have had in my like cultural referential backpack for almost three decades, and you literally never heard one of their songs before. Yeah, and, and I just think that's one of the things that's so fascinating to me. Or it's like the like you had not heard uh, somebody that I used to know before. Yeah. And it's just like, we just, it's just... <laughs> and everyone's it's, it's like, so, what are you, a Mennonite? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> shut up, I was at a Luna concert. Yeah, Mennonite um, and Smark talk about songs. <laughs> But I just oh. think it's um I just think it's so interesting too to realize where our blind spots are because I you would as, one would assume given my age and musical interests that Luna is a band I would at least have been aware of. Like how how does it that I fucking know who the Judy Bats are? Well, cuz they're from Knoxville. But like well, you know, right. I, but you know, it's just interesting what we don't pick up on. But then again, that's one of the reasons I like this show is that then you and I help each other hear things we had never noticed before. Well, and I can I can see how at the particular time in your life when this came out that you might have heard it and because it is what it is and you are who you are when you respond to these things, it just like literally slid off the side of your brain. That's true. I, I will tell you here in front of God and everybody, I recently heard a clip of Stairway to Heaven. I'm not kidding, Sarah. And I was like, oh, have I heard this before? What is this song? And it was fucking Stairway to Heaven. And I'm like, I'll just never be able to recognize that song ever. I just, yeah. And we did a 60 minute episode on it. <laughs> that episode is slid off of people's brains as well because they're like, oh, did you know Dolly did a version? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> roll it back. <laughs> I know. But I mean, in everyone's defense that episode came out in 1894 so yeah exactly oh god um dolly parton was only 14 when we recorded that episode yeah um as the little eggs we were um yeah well i mean i can't really i I think your reasons for being like this is fine but no thanks to any more are legit i think there are a couple of songs from their later catalog where they're actually like willing to put down like willing to take off the sunglasses right but it's also like there's a lot of pop music and everyone's busy so (laughs) if you're interested i can send them to you we talk sometimes (laughs) we do occasionally we connect even when we're not recording the show yeah it's not an act folks we're actually friends Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. 
Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.